Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our sponsor of the week is Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you need photos or video, we are the team to get the job done. No No matter if you need photos for that great wedding or that special event, they can help you with your photos. And if you need a videographer for your wedding day or if you need to shoot a music video or, or a special family event, they are the videographers to get the job done. So no matter if you're thinking about photos or videos, please contact Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions for your next video or photography project. Our special guest this week is Darielle Draper. She is the current Ms. Delaware for America 2020 new title holder. I'm so excited to have her on. She's a new up-and-coming pageant girl with lots of experience. She's really worked hard to get over the hump and finally win a really big and huge pageant for her. And we really deep dive into her seven pageant attempts and her overcoming all the odds and really just really working hard to achieve this goal. And she really expresses all the things that go into it and really expresses one of the reasons why you should do pageants. So stay tuned. And welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to have our new Mrs. DC for America um, on the show. So um, I I know it's a new title, but you're part of a a very long uh, sisterhood part of the MRS America system. So is that exciting for you? It is. I am so excited to be crowned the second Miss Delaware for America. Um, I knew Daphne so very well, and she was actually the one who invited me. She was like, I really think you should compete. And I was just so excited. When they called my name, I was just absolutely mind blown because it was originally a tie. Oh, I... Okay. Was that a little bit of drama or, um, or I mean, cause I wasn't at the pageant. So do you want to so, go ahead? Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. So I love on stage question and they told us beforehand, they said, all right, ladies, if there's a tie, we'll do an on stage question. Okay. So they and, did, they had a plan at least. So that's yeah. Good. But they didn't tell us what the, the question would be. And I was backstage and I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, I love on stage question because for the pageant this time, because of COVID, we had to keep it short and simple and they weren't going to have an on stage question. I was sitting backstage. I was like, I would just love to have an on stage question. And they went to announce everybody. I was so excited. I was standing next to my friend, Holly, and she is so sweet. We're kind of like looked at each other. We're like, Oh, I can't wait for this moment. And I see our director, Isabella's face. And she goes, we have a tie. And I was so excited. I was like, all right, all right. It's probably not even for us. And then she goes, it's for our Miss Dollar for America contestants. And my face lit up. And I was like, this is my moment. I cannot wait. I got this. I don't know what the question is, but I was so excited. I wasn't nervous at all. And it was crazy. In the past, is that something you do you like that, that opportunity to be in the spotlight and actually uh, take that opportunity? Yes. So I've grown up always being active and always in the kind of in the spotlight. Uh, When I was younger, I did dance, I did cheerleading, gymnastics, ice skating. 
uh, in high school, I did golf, I did track, and I continued on with dance and ice skating. So when I was told, oh, you should do pageants, and I was like, okay, why not? And ever since then, I've just, I've loved being able to have that spotlight, not only to bring awareness for problems that affect my generation, but also my community and what affects me and the communities it's made me a part of. Well, that's really awesome. So I guess the the best way to say is you're very much well-rounded. Um, you're not primarily focused on one aspect of your life, it sounds like then. No. In high school, um, I actually ended up graduating with, I want to say, seven cords around my neck and one stole. So I've always been trying to participate in as many clubs and activities to broaden my my view of the world and see what it's like from other people's perspectives but also to get different views so like I do biochemistry so I can have a a look at things from a scientific point of view but also I can look at things from a religious point of view Oh, that's interesting. We've actually had no one um, on our show ever mention religious views. So is that an important component to you in your strategy in winning? So, yes. I, I believe that I was put here for a reason, and it's what's kept me going in pageants. I know that I've been put here on this earth and given the opportunity to be Miss Dollar for America because that means I can share my struggles and my story. And oftentimes when I am at my low points, it gives me the ability to look and say, I know that I am in pain right now, but I know this pain will help at least one person down the road, or it'll help me empathize with one person. And maybe that'll completely change their view. Well, the, I, I hope you're still not in pain because that I, I wouldn't want, um, I wouldn't want one of our great title holders to feel like she's struggling. Do you still feel like that? Or is that just like, are you saying that is like, uh, like as in past tense? So I struggle with an eating disorder. Um, I actually struggle with binge eating and it is something that you can struggle with. It's something you struggle with for the rest of your life. And there are those moments where you don't think about it and everything's fine and dandy, but then there are those moments where you it does come back, and that's okay, and I now know how to deal with it, and I no longer feel like I struggle with it. I feel like I manage it. Well, um, I guess the first thing is to acknowledge that there may be an issue, and then to... Um, Second of all is to figure out a way to resolve it or um, make a healthy life so that you can yeah. live long. So um, so I, I hope that is something that you've been able to do. Cause I, it has I, been. Good. Because uh, I would assume that you would agree that the point in living is to have a very fruitful life and, and have – to you know experience as many things as possible sometimes having a short life doesn't give you those opportunities so yeah exactly so let's go back to the high school portion so 
or even middle school are you not doing pageants before before when and is if athletic is athletics the primary focus so what really like motivated you as a young age so when i was younger i did all kinds of sports i mostly did cheerleading ice skating and a little bit of dance and i absolutely loved it and as i moved up into high school i wanted to focus more on one aspect so i decided to focus on ice skating well when i was in 10th grade unfortunately i ended up hurting my knee after doing track dance and ice skating after i told myself oh i'm going to focus on one thing and i ended up having knee surgery and at that moment i said whoa okay maybe i can't depend on sports for my future and i started to focus more on what other activities can i do other than focusing on my grades in school and and one year before i had the opportunity to compete in a pageant i was like you know i really do enjoy pageants i kind of want to pursue this more and what year how old were you when you had this this um critical knee injury so i had i it was i had my surgery three weeks before my 16th birthday which was when my sweet 16 was going to be and I was determined to wear heels for my sweet 16. And in three weeks, I was able to get myself up and I was able to dance in my heels. So I was very excited. Well, it's always good to be able to um, celebrate such a, such a um, milestone in your life as well as um, being able to really overcome such a huge thing. The the big thing is that to be 16 and go through, I, was it an MCL or a, an ACL tear? Or so it was a meniscus tear, but which is I yours. had, okay. yeah, I had it, I tore it in two places, but I kept pushing. So I knew something was wrong with my body, but I was like, it's okay. It'll resolve itself. I'd gone to the doctor. They said, it's okay. You just need to wear this knee brace. I kept pushing myself because that's the person I am. I want to be the best. I want to do better. And I was like, it's going to resolve itself. Well, I made it a lot worse than it should have been. So that was that was what set me back so much. Well, how are you doing now? Is, is the knee um, a painful thing or has it healed that you're at least not in pain? So now that I'm 19, it doesn't really bother me i'm able to do just about anything i was able to do before i'm a little bit less flexible unfortunately um and i was never able to get fully back up to my activity level beforehand because i'm not supposed to run long distance i'm not supposed to run on uneven surfaces therefore i can't really go out for distance runs but it has allowed me to do other things such as focus on pageants well yeah that i mean if one door closes another opens it's just a shame yeah it's just a shame that um such a major surgery happened so young in your life i assume that they gave you the dreaded you'll probably have to have a surgery when you're older conversation too they did and that's okay because um i hope to go into the medical field and i know with our 
the way that our technologies evolve that by the time I do need a knee replacement surgery, we're going to have some of the best technologies out there and I won't really have to worry anymore. Oh, so you, you, you expect a full knee replaced. That's how bad you think it may be. So yes, when they told me I needed knee surgery, I bawled my eyes out and they're like, we're going to do one now. And in about 20, 25 years, you will need a total knee replacement. I was like, well, at least I don't have to worry about that part right now. <laughs> wow. I mean, at myself as a 38 year old, that, that, that sounds kind of scary. And for you to be 19 and seem to be very confident about it is uh, pretty inspiring. Um, where, do, where do you get that from? I have always wanted to be the person in the room that can inspire others. And that first comes from self-confidence and that does come from me believing um, in God and knowing, like we were talking about earlier, I have a purpose and also certain things do happen for a purpose. Well, I mean, I, I believe with the same, uh, the same saying that God only gives you what you can handle. So, um, sounds like yeah. you believe in that philosophy too. I do. So you have this injury, you're 16, um, you're able to have your party, um, but you're not able to go back to, like I guess, team sports then? No. So I did previously, um, before my knee surgery, I did synchronized skating, which is where we have 15 to 20 girls on the ice at the same time trying to do the same synchronous routine. And it is one of the most beautiful sports, one of the craziest sports when we're actually learning our program. And I had also done track and I had done hurdles. So I stepped down from the team, but I was then able to continue to be on the track team as manager and continue my friendships. Well, that's good. So at that point, is that when you found pageants or how did you run into it? Did someone introduce you to it? Yes. So the year previous to this, so my ninth grade year, right before the first time I ever had finals, um, a woman posted on Facebook saying, does anybody know a young, well-rounded teenager who has the ability to go out into their communities and ha like has good grades? And two people DM'd this woman, and they said, hey, I think you should contact this mom. I think her daughter would do really well with it. So they contacted my mom, and... My mom goes, you want to do a pageant? And I was like, sure, why not? So we go, all right, sure, we'll do it. And they go, all right, so all you have to do is hand in all of this paperwork, and then you have to talk about your platform. And we go, a what? Paperwork? So we were completely thrown into it. And I was still studying for my first finals as a uh, – not a college student, as a high school student. So I was a little bit leery about doing it. And I did it. I forgot one of my parts. I ended up crying backstage because I was so stressed out. And then I pulled myself together. And then at the end, I said, I don't know if I'm ever going to do one of those again. And another woman comes up and she goes, hey, I think you should do my pageant next week. And I go, okay, sure. My mom turns to me and she goes, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of random, especially when you're sitting there saying that one minute you're not going to do it. And then just like. Um, if someone offers, um, 
It's like uh, if you're at a bar and a guy buys you a drink. Oh, sure, I'll take you for a drink. Sure, 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 sure. So, I mean, is that how simple was it? You know, because that's how you. That's so how you propose. I that's how didn't you know off. like the do's and don'ts of pageantry at that point. So. Oh, you were just being polite. Yeah. So I was like, okay, and then it took me. So I competed. Over the next, like, two years, seven times. And I lost every single time. Wow. And every time, I I, I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to keep going. And I ended up meeting one of my great, two of my greatest friends, um, Nicole Hanna, who was Miss Delaware's Outstanding Teen 2017. And my current title holder, um, sorry, not my current holder, but Jacqueline Means, the STEM queen, who is Miss Dollar's Outstanding Teen 2019. And I met Jackie at her first pageant, and she also was kind of like me, the first pageant that was like, oh my goodness, what do I do? She ended up spilling eyelash glue on her dress, and I was like, it's okay, we got this, we're going to fix it. And at the end, she didn't win, and she was like, oh, and I was like, look, I better see you back here. Look at how many times I've failed. I know you're going to do really well. She came back the next pageant. We competed against each other, and she won. I was so happy for her. And she continued to compete, and she finally got that state title. And I was so proud of her. And that's what pageantry is about. And that is another part that keeps me going. Not only do I get to reach my community, but I get to make those lifelong friendships, and she will be in my wedding one day. Well, that's awesome that you have, like, this long-term friendship that is really blossoming into a great friendship, so... Yeah. Uh, um, I The reason why I said wow is that, you know, most people won't do two competitions in one year, regardless if you win or lose. Um, it's a simple fact that you're willing to put yourself out there seven times. So, I mean, clearly, like, you have gotten this really big itch. Uh, are you willing yeah. to admit that? Or is that or, – or... I think it was more of I wanted to prove to myself – that I can get on that stage, and even if the judges don't see it, I know that I was better than what I did last time. And each and every pageant, I made new connections, I made new friendships, but most importantly, I learned something about myself and a way to improve, which is why I'm able to sit here and talk to you as Miss Dollar for America today. Without all of those failures, I would I couldn't be here today. So after losing seven times, um, winning a state title um, on stage, is is that worth more than any other thing at this point? Like, is that is that a personal achievement? Is that a mental achievement? Um, do you just feel like no matter no matter what this 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 original victory is going to mean so much more i definitely believe so i would say i being on stage and when they called my name my jaw dropped i was just mind blown but i wouldn't say that's my biggest accomplishment previous to miss delaware for america i was miss teen delaware north america and i had the opportunity for two years to compete on the national stage for a teen title and both years I won Miss Congeniality. And I think that is my biggest victory 
being able to be with girls from all over the United States and Canada and them see me as one of the nicest, most helpful contestants, whereas the judges see me for maybe a maximum of 20 minutes total with on stage and interview, these girls spent a week with me and were able to see, we were able to see each other's highs and lows and they still thought that I was like the most helpful girl. And that really touched my heart. So in all sincerity, in your opinion, the miscongeniality means more than the actual title? It does because that is the friendships that I've made. That is the connections I've made with girls. If I'm like, Hey, I'm going down to Florida. Can I stop and see you? Like those friendships are why I do pageants and those being able to have a friendship with so many girls who are just absolutely incredible. Being 19 is hard enough, but seeing these women, there's preteens, there's teens, the, the women that I'll compete with at Miss for America, they are so well-rounded. They care so much about their communities. That is what is a victory to me. Like I'm able to be among these amazing women and hopefully that'll help excel me to be the Miss for America or Miss America or Miss North America. Well, I, you know, I, I do take the philosophy that there's only one crown, so you have to really decide um, if you're going to try and win over everyone or like, or be a bull. I mean, bully is, not, I guess, not the right word. Be um, competition-ready and, and be very fierce and not pay attention to people. It sounds like you're willing to risk not winning the title to make sure you build friendships because the friendships are going to last longer than the title. Is that your philosophy? No. So no. when I get on the stage, I'm not competing with anybody but myself. I am a very, very competitive person. Don't get that wrong. I love to be the best that I can be because if I start to compare myself to everybody else, I can lose who I am. And I think that you can be competitive with yourself while still making those friendships. Okay. So in all sincerity, do you feel that you would be prepared and be, um, uh, strong enough, I guess, to do one of the bigger pageants like USA and feel confident that you could win? Or do you feel like you still need a couple more pageants of practice to be at that level? Or do you not even see that those pageants are a different level? I don't see them as a different level. I see every competition as I am here to see if the judges believe I'm the best title holder that can raise awareness for not only my platform, but their national platform. And a judge's opinion always differs. There are never two judges that think the same. So it sounds like in your philosophy that you don't take, you don't take, at least the judges and, and most of people's opinion 
very seriously. You do you keep a very like short list of of people that you're very highly critical that that you allow people to be highly critical and you don't allow other people to get to you then? Um well, I I guess so. So, I do take what others say into consideration. So, I but I think that I am my hardest critic. So, I don't feel that anybody else's critiques can like top my nitpicking of everything so like i'll like nitpick and i'll be like oh my hand wasn't placed the right way and my mom will go no i thought that was beautiful or my friend mia will say i think that looked really good and i'll say "Mm, no i want to change it a little bit so i definitely do take others into consideration no i it to me it sounds like um your confidence is really what motivates you because uh it sounds like the judges don't really intimidate you is what I was kind of getting. Yes, at. you would or, be right then. Or or the girls don't intimidate you either. No. I mean, do you find that to be uh, a benefit or uh, do you, you know, do you wish you would? Yeah. Do you wish you would have a little bit more and you feel like you would be a little bit more intimidated by um, people to to have more um, more things on the line, or do you when you go into a competition, do you feel like there's anything on the line? I definitely do. Um, like I was saying earlier, I want to be the better, the best self that I can be, and competing on that stage, I want to make sure that I was I was better in at least like two aspects than what I was beforehand, and sometimes it's hard to look back and say, you know what, I did grow in this opportunity, but being on that stage allows me to find what makes me me and what makes me the best version of myself. I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week. Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. So competing in this very weird world that we're in right now because of COVID, um, how was that experience? Um, how would you, I guess, because we're definitely going to uh, be the COVID generation. You're just uh, 19, so you're going to have to deal with this your entire life. I guess this will be your defining generation's um, legacy mark. My, my generation would be 9-11. So, um, how, how do you, how are you currently dealing with it? Um, what do you think, um, the fallout would be, um, from it? So COVID is definitely a defining factor in not only my generation, I think it has affected all of our generations right now. And I think the biggest impact it will have is on our education system. 
having that small gap in our education will be incredibly hard, especially for people uh, pre-K through grade 12, because that is the basis for what they're going to go do in life. But doing pageants during COVID, I want to praise Miss Isabella O'Brien. She held an incredible pageant that followed our, all the guidelines. We were able to have our masks on. We were completely safe. There was lots of hand sanitizer, plenty of alcohol wipes. And being able to still hold the pageant and ha- be able to have our friends and family be able to watch is incredibly hard during this time. And she was able to do it so smoothly and have the outcome just be so well put together. Yeah, the, I, I agree with you that everyone, but I would I would incur with you that, that kids that are younger are the ones that are going to be hit because they're going to be basically all a year behind. So um, do you are you going to look back at this point in your life and just um, be blown away with the um, amount of um, concern or has it not really hit you personally because of your age and you feel um, invincible or or do you think that this is going to like you're going to be a more germaphobe your entire life and you're going to be always wanting to make sure that you're clean and making sure you're going to look spotless like most pageant girls want to be anyway. So it has, it definitely has hit me. Um, being an only child, not being able to go back to school, but understanding we're not going back to school because we need the safety for the general public. Even though many people my age think it's okay, I won't get it. It's something I see on the news. It's something, uh, it's a disease. Well, not a disease. It's something that other people catch. It's something that I'll never get. We are more likely to be asymptomatic and transmit it to people that we care about. So like my grandparents or how would I feel if I was to transmit it to somebody else's grandparents? Like that would hold me responsible. So that has what kept me humble in this time and to wear my mask even if it does bother me sometimes and it fogs up my glasses those are small issues compared to somebody's life being on the line and I do agree with you that our younger children are going to be hit hardest especially with the school system aspect I had the opportunity to babysit um, for a very close family friend of ours throughout the summer and their son last year struggled with reading and this year was struggling a bit more with spelling. So being able to work with him throughout the summer gave him a leg up to stay ahead because, and the problem is that I know that so many parents don't have that opportunity because they do have to keep working to keep dinner on the table and to keep a roof over their heads. Well, it sounds like you've got a big heart compared uh, uh, then, you know, you sounds like you're not just primarily focused on pageants then. I mean, if you're if you're willing to babysit as well as like do tutoring, I mean, most 
most uh, babysitters will basically eat out of your fridge and and order food. So <laughs> that's um, to me, it sounds like you're going way in above what the typical babysitter does. Is that just your well, natural um, self, or uh, or do you have family that has always instilled that to you? So. I was, I was raised that way. I was raised to be a helper. Um, even though I am an only child, my mom kind of raised me to be ready to be a big sister. My mom is a teacher and I always had the opportunity to be around people who I could help out. But my mom also kind of instilled it in me because I do struggle with dyslexia and not understanding why I can't read the text in second grade is incredibly hard. So she would sit down and she would just force me to read and she would force me to just try my best to understand. And she'd bring me into her classrooms and allow me to read. And I'd say, I'm scared. I don't want to read in front of them. They're going to know I mess up. And she goes, they can't read. Go for it. So that's what inspires me to help others is especially the little boy that I was helping babysit because I saw that struggle in him and I saw that that need for just a little bit of a of a push to be able to sit down and just have to focus on it and when it clicked for him I realized I was like this is exactly what my mom did for me I mean that's really awesome um for people that don't have a reading disability, they don't really understand how much is a disconnect. I I personally have a severe reading and spelling disability to this day. And um, not being able to communicate um, sometimes without using a dictating software uh, mm-hmm. is very, um, it makes you feel not a part of society. So, Correct, uh, yeah. And uh, no matter how old and how smart you are, um, it basically disconnects you. So it des- definitely makes you feel inintelligent um, or not capable of just living day to day and um, just doing normal stuff that anyone else would consider to be easy stuff to accomplish. So absolutely. Um, it, it's nice that you, you, you really tried your help um, this young child and uh, helped to prevent that. Um, so I, I commend you for that. It sounds like, and it's, I, your mom did as much as, she, uh, did what she had to do to help you. And it sounds like, mm-hmm. sounds like it paid off because you're, um, you're, you know, you're, you're doing the same for the next generation. So that's really yeah. a good thing. So hopefully he will help someone else. So I hope so. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't talked about your platform. Is your platform then dyslexia? So my platform is eating disorder awareness because that is, um, as we talked about a little bit earlier, something that I struggle with, but I didn't come to terms with it and I didn't admit it to myself until this year. What got me started with eating disorder awareness was our really good family friend, Joey, struggled with anorexia and unfortunately passed away. And since then it has become my duty to help his mom and his dad 
spread awareness that eating disorders are not only a teenage girl problem. It is the most deadly mental illness, and no parent should ever have to lose a child, especially to an eating disorder or any mental illness. So I want to go out into my community and say pageants, number one, do not necessarily correlate with eating disorders or maybe not the eating disorders you think because I still compete in pageants and I have binge eating disorder. And also to talk about, it's not a stereotypical disease. It affects every race, every age, every type of person, especially people with disabilities. It is something that people don't realize. And that's why I want people to know more about them and start that uncomfortable conversation because most of the time people don't walk up and say, hi, my name's Darielle Runner Draper and I have binge eating disorder. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Food is everywhere and there's temptations. It's as um, difficult as being an alcoholic, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. there's temptations everywhere. So having either an eating disorder or, or being an alcoholic is a very devastating thing. And if you're not challenged by either of those two things, you don't have sympathy. But if you think about it, you know, they, they shove food in your face. Your parents shove food in your face. Um, when you're an adult, they, you know, they try to shove beer in your face or alcohol everywhere you go. I mean, you can't go to a sporting event without them trying to shove alcohol in your face. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, and, and the worst thing about it is at least on the food side, it's all processed food, you know? So when they, well, you know, they're trying to make you eat really unhealthy food. So it's, um, it's going to make you feel bad and, um, uh, make you look bad. And then also, you know, all of the, the things that go along, you know, the shaming and everything, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Do you, do you find it, it's good to uh, deal with it through talking to a therapist or do you have um, a coping club or a group that you go to to deal with your own self or you've started a group? So what happened this year at college was we were, I was in my writing class and we were given a topic and it said, write a personal essay about something that you, that has been a defining moment for you. And that's when I decided to open up and start sharing my story, but only with, only with my teacher. And when I went to my office hours with her and she goes, and we had a very long conversation, she said, have you ever been to therapy for this? Cause this is a lot to deal with. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. Like, I feel like I don't want to waste somebody's time. She's like, I really think you should go. So this year I did start going to therapy and talking to my therapist, but she then encouraged me to talk about it with my family because I was so worried to share with them and have them get defensive or like kind of be like, what, what, what do we have to do? When it's really something that I have to do, it's something that I have to be willing to share and be able to tell them how they can best support me, but not do something for me. 
Do you feel it's something that's really helped you evolve and be more uh, copable and, and um, able to deal with things in society? Absolutely. I think that now that I have shared my story, um, I, I first shared it with my family and then I took a huge leap and I decided to share it on social media, which is sometimes a little scary because that is something that has been so personal to me and something that I was so ashamed of to go and share it with the whole internet is a little overwhelming but it has allowed me to have conversations with other people and be able to reach out to others. I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. Well, I commend you for taking a huge leap there and opening yourself up to a lot of criticism and people adding their opinion when they may not have any medical uh, education or um, training. Um, social media is a great way to get information out, but it also allows people to chime in when they should really not. So um, I, I commend you for, for doing that, but also it puts you at a, a huge risk of people just like calling you out and saying horrible things for no reason. So, um, did you feel that you needed to do that on social media specifically because you wanted more people to, um, talk to someone and, and realize that they may have an eating disorder or them to reach out to you personally? Um, so, there's three main reasons why I did it. The main, the, my first main reason was I wanted to share with others my age, people who look up to me or look to me and say, wow, like she is a role model. Oftentimes as a pageant girl, I sometimes in my mind think I have to be perfect. I have to put on this perfect persona. I have to look this, look this certain way, not compared to others, but compared to myself. And I have to never be negative. Well, that's when you start to bottle things up inside. And I don't want people to think that I am perfect. I am completely imperfect. And that is okay. And that is what makes us unique and an individual and what makes it so that I can sympathize with others. The second reason I did this was to allow people to understand eating disorders come in all shapes and sizes and like very, very diverse. And if they felt that they 
had one or wanted to talk to somebody that they can reach out to me if they don't feel comfortable going to a doctor or a therapist yet, or to reach out to anybody at this point. Just say, hey, I don't know if I'm in a good spot with food. I I may need help. And the third reason I wanted to do it was I was able to hold myself more accountable and but allowed others to see my perspective and understand that certain things people would say weren't necessarily okay. So, I mean, it's it, it's very commendable to like really challenge yourself to um have other people um call you out. So, do you feel personally for your own sake that you need that type of motivation? No, because I'm able to find it within myself um, and within the girl, the friendships I've made through pageants. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm really having an off day. And I'll, I'll text one of my friends from pageants and they'll say, you know what, girl, you are so beautiful. You are amazing. The work that you're doing in your community makes it all worth it. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. And I am there for when they have those off days as well. Well, it definitely sounds like you you have that strong um, group around you, like we mentioned earlier. Do you think that you wouldn't be as successful if you didn't have this strong group around you? Absolutely. These Not only do I have my pageant sisters, I have my kind of like eating disorder family. I have my high school friends. I have my, my blood family. I have my boyfriend's family that is so very supportive as well. And I am so lucky to have all of these people that are rooting for me and want to help make me successful. Well, what what do you think the end goal is? Do you think that you're going to be able to make an impact? And do you want to start a foundation or do you want to, you know, really help um, eating disorders to become more mainstream and, and get people to be okay and, and seek help. Like what, what's the end goal? What do you, what do you think? Or do you haven't thought that far ahead? So my end goal is to have a safe space for people to open up and talk about eating disorders. Um, when I first started, I worked heavily with NIDA, which is national eating disorder association as of now, I work heavily with the Alliance for Eating Disorders, and I think they're an amazing system that allows wonderful support not only for survivors of eating disorders, but for their families. Because it is just as much of a struggle for the family of somebody who struggles with an eating disorder, because they might not know what to say, they might not know how they're supposed to act, because it's then this elephant in the room. And if you're always ignoring it, then it can make that person more self-conscious. So I really do hope in the end, kind of like the, I want it to be the, one of the mental illnesses that people feel like they can have a conversation about that. If they don't feel like they're in a good space, 
that they can speak up and say something. Just like September is Suicide Awareness Month, I want to be able to have people speak up about suicide or if they have depression and they feel like they're if they feel like they're in too deep and they're struggling. Same with eating disorders. Well, I'm really sorry for your loss, and we we really want here at the Total Focus podcast to prevent people from from um, passing away. So, what are some tips or some things for parents or young kids should look at and realize that the person may be struggling with an eating disorder specifically that you know of that um, we should look out for? Because I, I know this is a disease that people may hide and may act like everything's normal. So is there any helpful hips, uh, tips to um, see that there's something going on that we need to take a, a darker look? So my biggest tip for friends, um, especially ones that maybe you're not as close or you are really close friends watching. If you see somebody on social media constantly posting and it's in a way that is seeking likes or comments or kind of like an attention, it could be a sign that they are uncomfortable with their body and they don't know how to perceive themselves and they need the validation of others to feel like they look beautiful or look handsome. So that is a huge thing for, well, not only friends, but also for parents. Um, I think it's always a very smart thing for parents to keep a very close eye on their children's social media. And a big thing for parents is when children are younger, sitting down and having the conversation that it is your body. You are not going to look like anybody else in this world you won't you won't have the same experience as anybody else in this world so there's no reason why you have to look like anybody else and having the ability to love your own body the way that it is I before COVID had the chance to go into an elementary school near me and talk about healthy eating but loving your body because with social media sometimes these young girls are and boys are looking at these people on TikTok, on Instagram and saying, well, why don't I look like her? Or they're, they're looking, they're like, I want to be grown up looking like her or him and saying, hey, slow down. You look beautiful the way you are. Accept who you are and don't allow those small things to get to you. I mean, those are all great tips. Um, do you feel that um, doing uh, speeches uh, for young kids is the best way to get in front of it? Or do you think um, there's other ways to do that? I, I do believe going into school and having that conversation younger will allow them to be more open and forward with loving themselves and hopefully just stop body dysmorphia, um, which is when you look in the mirror and you don't see your true beauty and you don't see yourself the way that you really look. Hopefully that'll stop that prematurely. Will it? I can't guarantee it. But I also believe that another great way to help 
is I had the opportunity to go to Delaware's um, Congress for to make March Eating Disorder Awareness and Prevention Month. And that was such an amazing opportunity because that was when I realized the power of my crown and my sash. The first year that I went, I just sat up top and the people I'd with didn't know I struggled with an eating disorder and I wasn't going to share that. Well, the second year we went, I had my crown and sash on. They're like, oh, why don't you sit down on the floor with the senators? I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. And I was sitting there and I was totally unprepared. And the lady comes up to me and she goes, hey, we would really like you to speak. And I was like, whoa. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm not prepared, but okay. And I gave this speech talking about how passing that bill to make March Eating Disorder Awareness and Prevention Month would help the people that I know most can struggle with it. So not only people my age, but like everybody. It's it's so crazy how I had my crown and sash on the second year and all these people wanted to come up and talk to me about it and talk and hear about the struggles that I had heard because when I open up that conversation and I say, I advocate for eating disorders. When somebody sees me say that the relief on their face, when they say I had an eating disorder, I struggled with anorexia in high school or, or in college. And you can just tell they've never told anybody before, but they feel like I'm that safe space. And I am, that is what makes it worth it. And that is why I continue to compete because I that crown and sash opens up new doors to have these conversations that I never thought I would be able to have. Well, you're definitely using all of the tools in the pageant toolbox to your advantage. Do you? I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you really? Do you see it, or do you believe in it, or do you um, just realize that? having that crown sash really opens doors and gets you opportunities that just walking in there as yourself with, you know, a nice dress on wouldn't, wouldn't be able to, to achieve. I would say that the crown. So, um, my director, Isabella, she always says a little sparkle never hurts anybody. And that little bit of sparkle draws people's attention. in. I do believe now that I've had a title, and now that I know I've been able to handle getting up in front of people and speaking without any time to prepare, that I could walk in there in a nice dress and still be able to do that. But I just have to bring the attention to myself in a different way. That is why I love to encourage others to compete in pageantry because it allows them to become better at handling that impromptu conversation and do you find that this is just a opportunity for you to be able to um be so confident that that in the future you won't need a sash or do you feel that you would want to have a sash your entire life to be able to promote your skills or do you feel that is that would that would be just a crutch then? Um, I would say that 
now that I've had a crown and sash, I don't need it. So like I make the crown and the sash. I make the title. The title doesn't make me. It's what I choose to do and what I can advocate for with the crown and sash on. I also work heavily with the Down Syndrome um, Association of Delaware and the Best Buddies Association. And I have the ability to go to events like Night to Shine. And when I walk in with a crown on and I see people's faces light up, when they see a real life princess, it is incredible. It is just so amazing that I can make their day and have the ability to go out and talk to them. And especially with the night to shine, when I was able to crown my best buddy as a king, it was, it was awesome. It was just like, we are all kings and queens. We are all amazing. We are all worth it. Well, that's pretty awesome that the, uh, the buddy that you had 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 a huge opportunity. You were able to, to, um, have that experience with them. So, and that buddy organization is such a great organization to be part of. So. And I agree, yeah. and I agree with you that that the title shouldn't. You should add value to the title more than than the title adds value to you. So. Yeah. So, um, before we wrap up, I I just wanted to, I I from what I'm aware of, they haven't really set any dates for nationals yet. But, um, are you looking forward to it? Uh, it's. Um, I know the owner of the D pageant just passed away. So I would say for the last, um, um, since the founding of it, it would be in Vegas. I assume it's still going to be Vegas. Um, are you looking forward to that? Are you looking forward to competing on the last stage that Elvis Presley, um, uh, had a concert on, uh, in Vegas? Um, any, any thoughts yet? I am so excited. When I was crowned on stage, it didn't necessarily hit me yet. And then I was on the side of the stage after I had the crown on my head, and I kind of touched it. I was like, is this actually real? And then I go, oh, my goodness, I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> so it kind of hit me, and I am just overjoyed, and I am still so excited to go. I cannot wait to meet all these women and create those even more everlasting friendships with them. I've even started talking with some of them. We have had the ability to start planning events together. And I'm really excited for the opportunity to compete for Miss for America and compete for the ability to be the national title holder, but also kind of like the national representative or ambassador for Victoria's Voice, which is the national platform, um, which is an organization that helps fight addiction and drug overdoses, which my mom did lose her brother to. And I know I'm so sorry. I'm struggling with an eating disorder. It's okay. Um, he, I'm, we're just hoping that he's now in a better place. It, but having an eating disorder, I can never compare to addiction but I can start to empathize and understand how hard of a struggle it is every single day. And I am so very sorry to the wife um, that he did pass away. And I, we don't know dates, but at this point, 
that doesn't matter to me. I really just hope that she can start the healing process. And before our nationals does happen, I am preparing every day as if it'll be, as if they'll call me and tell me it is next week. I gave myself one week of a break from heels um, after the pageant. And then I said, I'm going to wear heels every day to get my feet ready for a week of wearing heels straight, which is a little bit crazy, but that just shows I am very, 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 um, I can't think of the word. I'm committed to this, to the national title. And even if it isn't me, at least my feet won't hurt at nationals. I mean, that's a great lookout as well. Um, do you feel, do you feel that this system might be a good home for you for a long time? I, I always joked with um, the previous girls that I um, sponsored in Maryland that um, it seems like they, um, I know you're only 19, so don't, um, but it seems like they made a Ms. category so they can convince all the Ms. girls to get married so they'll compete <laughs> in the MRS category. And now there's two MRS categories, so uh, it seems like they'll be very open to having you back multiple years. I heard that um, exact saying on Devaney's uh, interview that I was watching earlier. I love Devaney. She is amazing. Um, yes, I do feel that this organization will be an amazing home for me because they do focus so heavily on platform, which is something that is very important to me. But there are other systems that I do have a pageant family with and that I do still strongly support. So the Miss North America organization is an incredible organization that is built on sisterhood. And so is the Miss America organization. They are, I've made incredible friends through that organization, but the Miss for America is what fits me best now. And being 19, I'm going to still grow and continue to change and become a young woman and right now i know that it is the best system for me well i won't uh disagree i think the, the uh mrs uh america family um is a great family i i've sponsored um the the maryland pageant for several years and the girls always talk about the gifts they get so i hope you're excited go to nationals and get all these cool gifts i I remember several times them saying that, you know, they got personally autographed like handbags and like, um, you know, candy dishes. I know that at 19, I don't know what you do for a candy dish, but when you get older, <laughs> it'd be great for like a party. And like, um, one of the girls yeah. got, um, 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 title specific, um, cake, um, cake knife knives. Wow. So like, I mean, there, you know, there are stuff that like you, every night, um, they explained to me that they basically got a gift every night. So, um, wow. yeah. So the, I don't know of any other, uh, organization, even at USA that does something as cool as that. So I did not know that I'm more, I'm so excited about being able to give gifts to the other girls because I know that each state gets to give a gift for every girl. Of course. And, I don't know what my gift is going to be yet. And I was looking at the videos from last year and they had the, like some of the most extravagant, extravagant 
gifts. And I'm just thinking to myself, I was like, all right, how do I show them? Like, I really care, but without breaking the bank, because I do still have college to pay for. Well, I also would factor in, this is the COVID year. So I think that have having um whatever you would do i would say slice in half because i think it would be i mean um just from like um you know you're gonna have to worry about making sure you have hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff too so i mean yeah um it's just a weird situation are you are you concerned about um competing in vegas um, during COVID if there's still not a vaccine at that point? I am not concerned for myself personally. I'm concerned more for the general population. I have an autoimmune disease that makes my immune system hyperactive. So I am actually one of the people that are less likely to get it, but that does not mean that I don't follow the safety precautions because just because I'm less likely does not mean I am invincible. I am at this point, more worried about how am I supposed to get myself there. So yes, I with my prize package, I get the flight out there. I have the hotel. I get um, food for the week, and I get luggage to go out there. But I'm during this time, it is incredibly hard to go up and try and ask for sponsors when I know that they're struggling as well. And it is extremely hard to pay for college but it's even harder to pay for college and then all the items I need to go to Vegas on top of that. But I'm making it work. I am trying to babysit. I'm hopefully going to join DoorDash (laughs) to try and make that little bit extra so I can make things work. Well, you know, if there's a way, if there's a will, there's a way. So it sounds like you're willing to go the extra, the extra mile. Um, And it sounds like you're going to have a great experience. I, I really don't want you to get sick, so I will pray for you. And um, Thank you so much. I truly hope that you have a great experience. And um, after you win your national titles, you'll have to come back and talk about of your experience. Course. And we'd love to, to, to hear all about that. And uh, it really has been a pleasure for you to be on the show. So, Well, thank you so much for having me. It was an amazing day to have a conversation with you. And I just... I really do hope to meet you in person when it is safe enough to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, hopefully well, one day we'll be able to work on a photo shoot project. So That would be amazing. Well, I'm so honored that you had me on the show today. And thank you so much again. Oh, my pleasure. Dario, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and really giving us a great insight on your short but uh, successful pageant career. And we really appreciate you being so open about your um, coming to grips with your uh, eating disorder and um, your, your reading disorder as well. Um, as I mentioned, I have um, a lot of similarity when it comes to the reading disorder. And I really commend you for um, getting over your reading disorder and and really working hard to uh, work with your um, your uh, eating disorder. As you mentioned, it's something that you have to deal with your entire life. So um, 
continue working hard and I know that you'll be absolutely successful. And thank you so much for being on the show. I want to thank our audience as always. You guys have been here from the get-go and I really appreciate everyone uh, listening to our show during this very um, hard time here during COVID. And um, hopefully by the time this episode goes up, um, we'll be much closer to the end game and to the bright light. And um, I'm praying for you all. And thank you so much for liking and subscribing to the Total Focus podcast specifically. And I just wanted to also remind everyone, we also have a movie review show on this same feed with my co-host, Ivan Carlos. So we review movies, and um, if you have a movie that you would like us to review, I would appreciate some feedback and letting letting us know, and we will review the movie. And as always, please stay tuned.